Thank you so much for being here on the next episode. Learn, grow, do, repeat with Jamie Tatino. Look, I created this podcast to be able to give back, connect with like-minded people, people like you, people like me, who are out there chasing those goals, chasing those dreams and turning them into a reality. Be sure to like, comment and share at the end of the episode. Also, don't forget to hit that subscribe button. Again, thank you for being here. Let's get into it. Hello, 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 and welcome back to the next episode of Learn, Grow, Do, Repeat with Jamie Tatino. Thank you so much for tuning in again for this special episode. Uh, it's something a little bit different, something that I haven't done um, ever on the episode and on the podcast was, and I'm sure you, a lot of you guys do know about Lockdown Love that we had last week, a live stream event where six incredible minds come together to just share content, have a, a real and raw conversation. And the, the, the session was absolutely incredible. Like some of the questions we got live in the, in the live stream and some of the questions that, you know, some of the content created out of it was, you know, second to none, second to none. And I, and I can honestly say even ending that session, um, even I felt a little bit more motivated, inspired and felt better about myself. And I took a lot away from it. Like I had nearly a page and a half worth of content and just notes that I was running down from everyone else on the session. And then we also sort of sat down together and said, you know, this was powerful this needs to get out there to more people. The content in this hour and a half, you know, like I said, real and raw conversation really needs to be heard by many uh, people. So I, over the weekend, put some time in, uh, edited the entire hour and a half content and brought it together into this podcast episode for you to listen to right now. And the, the incredible six minds that we had, were obviously myself, we had Chanel McCassie, we had Danny Kennedy, Mal Yu, Troy Thornton, Caroline Bruni, and all six of us from six different walks of life, six different stages of life right now, uh, six different experiences of lockdowns. You know, So you're hearing from not six of the exact same people, you're hearing from six completely different people sharing their story, stories, their journeys, you know, what they've done well, what they've you know, could have done better, what they've learned uh, and room for improvement. And I think that's why you're going to get so much out of it because you're hearing six different points of view, six different perspectives. Uh, and I think that's the real value, the real value in this episode. So hey, buckle up. It's an hour and a half. Feel free to cut it up into two listenings uh, if you need to. But I can tell you now, once you start and once we get into it, you're not going to want to stop listening. So enjoy the episode. One thing that I would really love, and I think the six of us would love as well, is if you could, when you are listening, take a screenshot, share, let your friends know about it, um, promote it online. Because even once you finish listening to it, I can guarantee you can think of at least three people that you say, you know what, they need to listen to this too, because they're going to get something from it. So Enough from me. I'm going to throw it straight into the session of Lockdown Love live stream. Enjoy, guys, and I look forward to hearing your feedback. Here it is. But I'm going to kick it off with the first question that I'm going to ask to all the, the panelists, and I don't care who goes first. So you guys, out of the five of you, can decide who's going to go first. But I want to know, you know, what's been your biggest learning? Probably, let's say, this lockdown, which is sort of extended from a six, five day to a seven day to three months now, what's been your biggest learning and obstacle that you've overcome during this time? Uh, and I'm going to put it, I'm just going to say, Troy, because you're unmuted, go for it. Uh-huh. I, I think that probably is, is how's the volume is not too bad. Perfect. Can you yeah, hear I, th- I think probably the, the biggest lesson that I would identify is, is saying that having healthy thoughts. So your thoughts or, your, or my thoughts are probably the healthiest thing that anyone can focus on. Right. So what you say to yourself, your internal dialogue, even what you say out loud. I think 
it's very easy to be pessimistic and you know blame the government and be concerned about lockdown and all these other things but having a strong internal dialogue and if your core beliefs are intact as well and you're tying that in nicely with your internal dialogue you're going to have a positive outcome i think waking up in the morning every day with something to do a goal to achieve and then tying that in nicely it works together love that love that internal self-dialogue i like it something i've been working on myself uh thank you troy chanel go for it that was a great one troy um also i've been working a lot on internal dialogue i think for me personally something that i've learned i tend to go a million miles an hour so i'm always thinking 10 steps ahead what's happening next month what's happening next year and like and forward planning everything and i think i've taken this time to sort of address right now and really sort of take note of how I'm feeling, what I'm doing, and, you know, not not disregarding the future, but accepting the present for what it is and making the most of it. Um, and I guess really realizing that coming out of this to be present in, in every moment that I'm in and to enjoy it, uh, particularly family, friends, business successes, or whatever it may be, but to not constantly be going at a million miles an hour and just to stop and appreciate whatever it is happening around me. Love that. Slowing down. Slowing yeah. down. Love that. Love that. Danny, what do you got, man? Hey, guys. Um, everyone who's just joined in, welcome. And, um, and obviously, Jamie, thanks for having us all. Um, look, for me, there's a, few, there's a few things. Um, I think the first one is, is the, the importance of being able to adapt as quickly as possible. Um, I, I'll, I'll give a disclaimer. I tend to swear a lot, so I'm going to try my absolute hardest <laughs> to not swear. Um, but a bit, bit like just having the ability to adapt as quickly as possible. I mean, there's plenty of things that have gone on in the last 18 to 24 months that no one likes, but, you know, putting a story on Instagram or, or talking, you know, to your friends for 20, every single day about the same thing, hoping that it's going to change is really not going to make much of a difference. So having the ability to be able to take it for what it is, adapt as quickly as possible, otherwise you get left behind. And then the second thing for me has been structure. Um, you know, regardless of whether or not your industry has been affected or not, um, for those of us that have had to spend a lot of time at home and not in our usual workplace, um, it's very easy to get stuck on autopilot and let one day just kind of merge into the next. So for me, even if I've got nothing on for the day, I've, I'm still putting a big emphasis on structure in terms of how my day is broken up. So getting up at the same time, do my morning routine, have my diary actually planned out. So it might be something as simple as emails for an hour here, lunch an hour here training here just so i've got something that i'm actually following otherwise like i said it just all blends into one um, and that's something that i've been pretty bullish on with my clients as well um, just keeping that that mental uh, structure and routine in your days which i think sets you up for a real productive day but also just helps a lot with headspace as well which is obviously super important at the moment did you have to change your structure a little bit because of lockdown like obviously it's changed a bit but like was it a massive shift uh Obviously, my days look a hell of a lot different now than what they usually would because I'm spending majority of my time at home. But I just really, I, I tend to write down, like in the morning, one of my, my morning um, routines, I guess, is to journal. So I'll write down in order of importance, like what my main priorities are for the day and then structure my days around that. So if there's a big task I'm working on, I'll spend a good chunk of time first thing in the morning when I've got the most uh what's a good what's the right word for it most attention span or whatever to, to do it um so yeah it has changed a bit but the way i structure my days is still the same i still get up same time try and sleep at a, at a reasonable hour um each night like i usually would 
And yeah, like the main thing for me is just making sure that I have a lot of clarity around exactly what I want to achieve, even if that means that it's a, it's a little bit different than what it usually is. Nice. Yeah. Nice one. Nice one. So the process is still similar. It's just somewhat a bit more from home or a bit more, you know, a different way of delivering it, but the process is still the same. Yeah. Still trying to get from A to B, but just a different vehicle to get there. 100%. Absolutely. I like that. I like that. Mel. No. Um, great question to start off, Jamie, as always, uh, what everyone says. I feel like as you get down the line, it's kind of just like what they said. Um, <laughs> but to add on top of that, a big one for this lockdown compared to all the other ones, I would say that's come up for me is boundaries. Um, really honouring my boundaries. And what I mean by boundaries is your not just physical boundaries, personal boundaries. I'm talking your spiritual boundaries, your work boundaries, your time boundaries, uh, your speaking boundaries. Um, so a lot of stuff's coming up for me in that space of where am I going to put my time and where am I going to then remove myself from those certain things? Um, and that would be, one is social media. Uh, I don't have, like, I don't follow mainstream media, but definitely through Instagram is where I share my voice. It's where I share my points of view. But even then I'm realizing that I have to have certain boundaries around that because it's just, it can get quite chaotic. Everyone has an opinion, every single person, um, and it can get quite uh, noisy. And so really stepping back and going, okay, where is it that I've got my intentions of what I want to speak about? And then where is it that I just cap it and I don't let that um, affect me anymore? And that might be to the extreme point of like, you might turn off your comments on something that you've kind of outwardly spoken about, um, but it's just setting boundaries for yourself in that. And um, just, yeah, financial boundaries as well, really um, ensuring that I operate from a sense of abundance, but the reality is we've got another five weeks of lockdown. And for some of us, that is five weeks of very scarce income. And so having really strong financial boundaries, planning ahead, uh, but maybe not too far ahead, which is what kind of Chanel was saying, um, making sure that you are forecasting and ensuring that there are certain boundaries around it so that, you know, um, you're not feeling so stressed and overwhelmed because financial stress is real and you can't really be creative when you're financially stressed. So just ensuring you've got some boundaries around that. Love that. Love that. Well said. Uh, these are all really good. Like I love that they're all like personal stuff. Like it's all, again, the question was personally directed, but it's all really structured around what you do, how you go about it, internal dialogue, slowing down, adapting and maintaining structure, uh, personal boundaries. Caroline, I'll throw it over to you. Can I just do the what everyone else said? I, I think really interesting is everything that everyone has said are all practices that I personally have, but also practices that I've had to double down on um, and adjust, um, similar to what um, Danny was saying about, you know, you have to tweak when your day and your routine changes and, and it's limited or it, it, you know, I've got kids that are remote learning and there's a range of other things that happen in my household when we're in lockdown. One of the things I've chosen to double down on is intentional decision-making and intentional time. Um, it's the ethos of what I do in my business, but definitely what I do as an individual. So I think when you are really intentional on the things that you do um, and that really ties into what Mel was talking about in regards to boundaries, you can know that what you're choosing to do, because it is still a choice, um, is something that's true to you and your values. How I tie that in is I'm a really big believer in legacy. So the way that I think about that is if it all ended tomorrow and um, I was on my deathbed or I'd already passed what would I want the people that love me to speak about 
Um, you know, they're not likely going to, they might talk about my business, but most likely not. They might talk about something I've done as in like day-to-day -day stuff, but most likely not. They're most likely going to talk about the way I make them feel, the impact I had on them, the memories we shared. And if I can do that, even in a lockdown, and I can be really intentional on how I interact with the people that I care about, that is continuing to create my legacy in and, in and out of a lockdown. So I'm really intentional on what I'm doing because we don't know what time we've got and time is one of those assets we're constantly running out of. So if we're being really intentional and that legacy is what we're thinking about, um, that's what I'm doubling down on at the moment. Love that. Love that. That got um, pretty deep, but I like it. And, and it, again, that in a way drives the why, drives the passion, drives you writing a book, you know, drives you being a mum, drives you to turn up when things get thrown up upside down. When you set a nice plan for the day, I'm going to do this, this, this and this, but then it all gets thrown upside down, you know. Um, and, you know, on that topic of, I'll, I'll stick with you, Caroline, for a bit because I've got a few questions that I want to sort of, I've got for the individuals, but then we're going to open it up to everyone. But like, like Mel said in the chat, if you're joining us and you've got a question, throw it in the chat. Um, and we'll definitely get around to answering it. But Caroline, for me, uh, and I guess when I was in the process of thinking, okay, well, who do I want to bring on to this incredible event? I wanted to bring on as many different people as possible from different walks of life who have experienced different things, who are in different positions and who are experiencing lockdown differently. Um, so I know you're obviously a mother uh, and run your own business and you know, you're a wife and you've got a million things happening. How do you get through this time as a parent? Like, how do you handle one, your kids to the best of your abilities? How do you still show up as Caroline and, and do what you need to do? Like, how do you juggle this time? With a lot of empathy. Personally, for myself, um, there are days where, um, Danny said, he's trying to swear, I outright called my nine-year-old a dickhead a couple of days ago to his face because he was being a dickhead. Um, I don't like swearing at my kids and I normally apologise within about 10 minutes, but there's days that he's a dickhead and he just knows that. I'm not a perfect parent. Um, I'm really honest about that, but I have empathy for myself and him. So within about five minutes, I apologise for swearing. I then called him on his behaviour and said, so all the behaviour that gave you that title for that split second was still there and needs to be corrected, but that wasn't the best way of me parenting you. Um, but then we talked through it. Um, we had a lot of empathy in that situation and, and he's nine, so I've got to cut him some slack. Um, so there are definitely days where it doesn't go to plan and where my, my fuse is, is very short and we're, we're fortunate we're in quite a large home, we're not on top of each other, but I have really different parenting as well. Like I have a nine-year-old and I have a 16-year-old. So I'm in two different worlds from a parenting perspective and then I've got friends who've got toddlers that are crawling all over them while they're trying to do meetings like this. Um, I think when we go back to that kindness and empathy piece, starting with ourselves, um, that's the most important thing. And once again, to double down on what Mel was saying about boundaries, it's like if I know that I can't take a four o'clock meeting because that's just not going to work for me in my household, then I need to be okay with saying no to certain things. I'd much rather give whoever needs my time a really confident no and, hey, let's reschedule versus a wishy-washy maybe or a yes when I know that I can't bring my best self to mm -hmm. all the stuff that's going mm -hmm. on in my household. Um, I model that to my kids as well. So when they're having a crappy day, um, I'll check in and go, hey, like what's going on? Are you, are you 
is this because of lockdown or is this because you can't like because you can't go to school or you can't see friends or or what's going on and um we talk a lot in our household about common spaces so the living room and the kitchen and certain spaces are common spaces we interact all the time in those spaces where and I make really clear rules around boundaries in that so I'm like don't fling your stuff around and be super loud or be whatever um go outside and do that or find a space to do that because this is a common space that we share you need to let out those big emotions and let out those moments that's cool or if you but sometimes you need to go to your room to do that and if you need support tell me I'll come and sit with you and we'll talk through the thing but it's really just about kind of open communication and dialogue because when you are wearing multiple hats um it's really hard to be multiple things to multiple people at once without bringing empathy and kindness as that core foundation from the beginning. I love that. I think if you lead with that, it doesn't matter what hat you've got on, you can always go back to the similar state, like a similar experience. Yeah. You know, like you're leading from that. You know, so even if you've had the worst meeting, you're still, you, your first, you know, response is to be, okay, empathy, respect, understanding, let's approach this situation with school homework mm-hmm. or Wi-Fi dropping out and can't get in or whatever it is. Um, I like that. You mentioned there a lot about like the communication, which I think, you know, is going to tie into sort of my next sort of path into which is, you know, the mental health side of it. But I think now more than ever, a lot of people are like holding stuff to themselves, holding it in, not wanting to say words and, you know, let people know how they really feel because it, it is hard, like not saying it's easy. You've obviously seemed to have a pretty good open communication sort of line with your kids and in the household. Is that something that you've always worked on? Is that something that you've had to do more now of? Um, and yeah, what are your sort of tactics working with kids to allow that open communication? Uh, it's definitely come with time. I've been a parent for over 16 years and I don't know how to parent a 17 year old. I'm going to try that next year and we'll see how we go. Um, it, it's really just practice. Um, I think when you look at the way you communicate it as a five-year-old versus how you communicate um, and express your emotions and, and what you need and how you feel, be it in your teens and then 20s and so on and so forth. Um, it's practice. And I think what's really great about the people on this call and um, the people that have shown up today, be it you know, the other speakers or, or our, um, our guests, they're intentionally choosing to improve themselves today because they're trying to learn from the people around them they're trying to get some positive stuff into their minds and if they pick up one thing from one person and it doesn't it may not even be from us it may be from one of the questions or whatever else that's going to be that practice that they can put in place and start making those changes I'd love to say that when I was before I was a parent I wasn't going to call my nine-year-old dickhead to his face but you know that happened and I'm really be okay with that but that's a practice thing and and it's also how I manage that so I I can honestly say 10 years ago if that situation had happened I probably would have yelled and then I probably would have been really stubborn and dig my and dug my heels in and said well I'm the adult and whatever else but as I've grown as a parent and as a a person I've gone well that's really not the behavior I want to model I don't have children that live in a home where it's you know you do as I say not as I do and and I want to lead by example and, and to create leaders in our community. So um, for me, that's really what it comes down to. I never have it completely figured out, but I know that I'm a work in progress. So it's constant practice. Love that. Love that. I think it's a little bit being vulnerable mm-hmm. as well. Like even just now like sharing that story uh, and it's, then being able to go back to you. And, 
Absolutely. Absolutely it is. Absolutely it is. I've, I've, I've been called worse things by my parents, that's for sure. Um, but, but again, like it shows the vulnerability and it shows the growth. It doesn't matter what stage you're at. Um, there's always room to improve. And yeah, you can sort of make a mistake, so to say, uh, or do something that you sort of, whether you regret it or not, but whatever it might be, uh, but then be able to go back and handle it like an adult and learn from it. Use it as learning experiences. Um, really powerful. Thanks for that, Caroline. Uh, Mal, that sort of tips into my sort of next question, which was going to be, because I know you've got to leave a bit early. So Mal's t- taking off a little bit early, guys, because she has another commitment that she already made, but she made herself available for this, um, which is always grateful. Uh, and she's got a lot of incredible knowledge and experience to, to share and pass on. But it does sort of go on to the mental health side of things uh, that we're sort of experiencing. And I know you're a big advocate. You do a lot of work with uh, Lifeline and your suicide prevention advocate as well. But you know, give us some of your thoughts, feedback, experiences, what you've heard out and about there. And again, this is a credible person who's got a you know psychology honours, so she's not just some person who talks about it. She's got the the backing behind it and a lot of experience. You know, give us some thoughts, some feedback, some some direction, tips, hacks. This is a massive question. I know there's like eighteen layers to it, um, but but yeah, share with us a little bit of, of of what people can take away from it. I've got that was a big question, big loaded question. And um just I'm gonna go off what Caroline was kind of what you guys were just saying about speaking up, um, knowing how to communicate. And I think I quickly jotted down a word of what I'm finding, especially in the last week right now, ambivalence. There is a lot of ambivalence happening and a lot of people not wanting to say um how they feel because there is just this little extra layer of fear, uncertainty, confusion, frustration. Um, and a lot of emotion that's going around. Not going to get into the polit- like political side of things, but it's it's safe to say that there there is a very evident divide, more so than ever. Um, it feels segregated. The energy out there right now. I live in the CBD, and it is dense and it is heavy. Um, we're no longer talking about sort of protests. There's riots, right? There's riot police down Burke Street, um, down State Library, and there's just a very, very heavy tone. And so when it comes down to mental health and having that conversation around mental health, it is really knowing who you are, going back to your internal and going, okay, like if I was to shut out all the noise that's happening right now, um, where does where do I sit with things and what do I feel about things and really processing and understanding what that looks like for you because there are things happening that can feel unjust, it can feel uh, wrong um, and it can feel confusing. So I say turn inward and really just sit with yourself in that and ground yourself in those emotions that are happening and having these communication pieces and conversations in a safe space. Um, I'm quite outspoken in terms of all my social media and so I've spoken out to my community, but in doing that, I have to have a very strong backbone because if I'm going to do something as public as speaking out loud about my opinion, 100% there's going to be backlash or there's going to be differences in opinion. Um, But I trust that my community as well online is going to hold me in a space of non-judgment. And what's actually happened for me is that it's opened up some really amazing conversations just to see, you know, different points of view and how we can do that is through non-judgmental listening. So speaking and then listening without an intent to reply, without an intent to have a rebuttal, really checking in and going, okay, well, why is it that you feel this way? Why is it that you feel this strongly about a certain topic? Um, Because I'm seeking to understand. And when I seek to understand, it changes the whole dynamic of the conversation completely because I have no other agenda 
other than seeking to understand and to listen. Um, so yeah, again, when it comes down to mental health, there could be differences in opinion, but at the end of the day, we are all human. So we can all offer some level of compassion and empathy. And it goes back down to exactly what Caroline's saying. If we can just kind of lead with that as our foundation, kindness, compassion, it's okay to have a difference in opinion. It's okay to not really understand what the other person's going through, but we can empathize. We can relate in some way. Um, so that's kind of really my take. There is a lot of ambivalence right now. If you feel like you are afraid to speak up or you don't know um, the real facts, um, and it is scary because I feel like every time you say something, you're either a conspiracy theorist or you're, you know what I mean? There's just so many words or you're a sheep or um, do your research. There's just so many kind of blanket statements that um, make you feel like you might not be able to speak up. Another thing I really wanted to highlight just before my time is done is cancel culture and this unfriend me culture. I think that really has to stop. I think, uh, there's been so many statuses filtering through news feeds and stuff going, cancel me if you feel this certain way. Cancel me, unfriend me if you feel certain this certain way. And that is just causing much more segregation and negative energy around um, mm -hmm. because we, we are more than just one point of view. Just like when we talk about careers, we are more than just our jobs. We are more than just a parent. We are more than just a friend. We are multifaceted human beings and I think we need to take that into consideration that we're multifaceted. We have different levels and layers of intricacies and thoughts and beliefs. So cancel culture based on one thing. If you if you went to the protest, delete me off Facebook. If you did this, unfriend me. Mm. So I just think let's let's be a little bit more colorful on the spectrum instead of this hard black and white because um, it's not one or the other. I feel like you can be this, this, and this. You can feel a multitude of things. That's what mental health is. You don't really tick a box and say, I've done mental health. I'm competent in mental health. Mm. Mental health is a progressive thing. You're always going to fluctuate on this spectrum of struggling, thriving, surviving, all that sort of stuff. So yeah, taking note that mental health is a spectrum and human beings are a spectrum. We've got lots of different passions. So try to judge a little less and seek to understand. I like what you said there about, you know, multifaceted and feeling different things. And a lot of the time you feel that in the space of 30 seconds, you know, you go up, down, left, right, here, there and everywhere uh, in a very, very short space, which does make it at times challenging, makes it heavy, makes the, you know, the thoughts, makes your brain feel full and it's about to, you know, explode and it's so much in there. In that angst, in that moment, what do you sort of go to? Like if, if you have one of those moments where it's like, it's clotted, it's, 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 it's cloudy, like there's just so much happening how do you sort of, I don't want to use the word calm down because I don't like saying that to people when someone says calm down, it probably makes them more angry, if anything. Um, but how do you sort of... Don't tell me to calm down. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, but how do, you, how do you flick the switch? How do you go from a I'm ready to kill someone down to a I'm, I, I now I feel fine? Um, I, call, I call this a bounce back rate. So I call it being able to change your state and your emotion uh, and by doing that, it's removing yourself from the fire. So when we touch a fire and then we retract, it's because we're too close to the fire. It's hot. And there's, there's, there's a defense mechanism that comes in. But if you can step away and kind of almost process it and give it some, some space between the reaction and the stimuli, and you have that choice to kind of like let that breathe a bit, this beautiful thing happens, which is calm, peace, grounding, processing, understanding. And I think often... When we don't give enough space between that, that's where you react. 
that's why your your worst self comes up mm. you know there's always things where it's like hey i'm sorry for what i said when i was hungry like <laughs> there's, there's so many of those things because it's like we're just too close we're too close to that emotion we're too close to that feeling or defense and it's it's sometimes it's important to take a step back to be able to then communicate um and for me it's it, it is removing removing myself from the situation and then coming back and looking at it with fresh eyes or with a bit more calm uh there's if we know a little bit about psychology in terms of the brain you've got your frontal lobe that is all about um, processing and thinking and then your temporal lobe is all about emotions and so you can't actually be emotional and analytical at the same time there's always one that's going to be a bit more uh, dominant so when you find yourself heightened and in emotion it's why you can't think clearly because your emotional brain is taking control of it but then when you let that slide and the emotion passes emotions energy emotion so if you allow it to move past you your critical thinking can come back Mm. So that's what I mean by that space and that divide. And for me, um, really being in tune to that, having that self-awareness, coming down to, okay, like how do I ground myself again and to act better, react better, do better. And um, again, I keep going back to Caroline because she's the only one that's spoken. Um, but um, I call it radical self-acceptance, radical self-compassion. Do not judge yourself for when you were not the perfect person. Um, we all are perfectly imperfect human beings. So when you call your son a dickhead, um, don't judge yourself so hard. You had a human moment. And so same thing when I react to people closest to me, having the, like moving the ego and being like, hey, I'm sorry for how I acted when I felt that way. So just the basic even sometimes of just apologizing, just putting it out there, letting go of the, the weight that you're holding in or that overthinking, the anxiety starts to kick in. Why did I say that? Why didn't I do it? Why didn't I say sorry at the time? Uh, just letting it out. Absolutely. What are some tips for someone? I'm, I'm very, I'm more, uh, being Italian, I'm going to say I'm a bit more uh, emotional and a bit more like straight to the point. For someone like myself, what would you say? And again, there could be some listeners, uh, some of the guests here that are like, okay, cool. I, I, don't ha I haven't got that skill just yet to be able to take myself, escape, step away and come back. How can they build to that level of saying, cool, I need, to, I need to breathe, I need to go, I need to meditate, I need to go for a five-minute walk, I need to do something else to get out of this? Like, what can be a split in their, in their pattern, so to say, to allow them to do that? Honest communication. So find, finding the words, okay? Like when you can't have this conversation, the person that you're having an argument or conflict with is going to be okay if you say, I am not capable to have this conversation right now. I need to walk away and um, process it and I'll come back to you, right? It's it's really heightening what it is that you need because right now we're going at it. We're like gonna, it's World War Three, and it's not healthy right now. So I need to step away from this. I'm not leaving you. I'm not abandoning you, especially if there's someone that's got that anxious attachment style. Um, I'm really going, I need to walk away from this right now. And that's it. So, and, and do it and follow through with it. So like, it is very similar to what I've said, but changing your state, removing yourself from the situation and if you do not have the skill set then and there to kind of have that awareness and be enlightened, just step away, but acknowledging, I'll come back. I'll come back when it's safe for me to do so. I like that, that. Even just that sentence alone, right? It feels kind of okay to say. It feels pretty approachable, right, guys? Mm -hmm. It's like, I, I don't have the skill set right now to have this conversation. I just need to calm down and I'll come back. And I think that honesty and that rawness in, in the heat of a moment might actually take it down a notch anyway because you're not reacting you're sort of saying you're responding in a way by saying hey like i'm not in a state right now i'm not in a position or in the mindset i'm not in the emotional logical state to have a conversation i need five minutes 
especially when we mirror each other. Have you ever felt like when you get into a fight or something, it's like, mm. why are we yelling? And then you're <laughs> kind of yelling because you're mirroring each other in that heightened emotion. So again, it's grounding yourself, coming back from a place of calm because anger only fuels more anger. And, and if you can take a step back and process it, you can then come and have a meaningful conversation, which is the intent anyway. Realizing it's like, we're on the same team. We're wanting to resolve this. We're wanting to have this conversation. Um, yeah. Based on what I said earlier about the whole, um, you know, when someone says calm down, calm down, what's your go-to word? If someone actually does need to calm down and you know not to say calm down, like what do you say to someone? I can't hear you when you're talking to me like this. I can't hear you properly. I can't understand you properly when you're yelling at me. Can we try and do this again? And I literally, did you notice how I literally calmed it even down a tone lower than what Just, I would do? Yeah, your, your, your language, your voice, your everything. That mirroring, I feel like unless you're a highly, um, high traits of narcissism of some sort, you naturally will tone down and bring that down just by mirroring that person. Because someone, if they've got, if they genuinely care about you and you're like, I can't, I'm struggling to hear you right now because I can't like you're yelling or it's there's too much anger right now can we just turn it down a notch I love that it's uh that, that was that was when you said I can't hear you I was like did you not hear my question and <laughs> um but even the way you because it's, it's the way you came across it was so natural it was authentic like I, I thought you actually you couldn't hear me but it was just the way that you presented it um and you saw it in the flesh there guys that's how you can do so um, and it's definitely a, a, a common thing now. I think I was listening to a, a podcast and I was sort of saying that in a relationship, like a, two partners are spending more time together than ever before because most of the time they've like, seen each other for an hour in the morning then gone to work for eight or nine hours and then come back, hang out for two or three hours and go to bed. But now they're spending all day together. Like They don't know this person. They don't know that side of this person. You know, like They, they haven't had to spend that amount of time together for this entire period of time. So it's a whole new learning curve. You, you're starting to re, re-know someone, relearn someone. Um, so I think having these tools in your belt of how to have these communications, how to talk to people, how to handle an argument, how to handle whatever's happening in the household. And I like what you said earlier as well, Mel, about you know having boundaries around finances because I'm pretty sure that's the number one reason for divorce is, is money. Um, or it'd be up there anyway. So I think in this period of time now where it is a lot of unknown, you know, having those boundaries, having those conversations, being open and honest about it, um, you know, might address something before it becomes too big to, to handle. Um, so I think that whole money conversation, I think now probably more than ever is really important as well. Chanel, there's a question in the chat for you, which I'm sure you've seen. Um, but if you haven't seen it, I'll let you read it and then I'll come to you to answer it. But I'm going to ask a question to both Troy and Danny, um, which again, sort of ties into the whole mental health side of things, but the relationship to exercise. So for those who don't know, both Troy and Danny are uh, gurus, are, are experts, are people who have of a lot of value and who give who give tons of value to the to the health and fitness world. But even outside of that, uh, I love their their mindset and their direction towards mindset and self development and, and growing and learning. Um, and I've you know learned a lot of both of these guys personally. Um, but I want to throw it to you guys and get an understanding of what you've seen with your clients and the masses of amount of people that you work with. You know the challenges of what lockdown has, has held towards the mental or the health side of things and how they've been able to overcome that from a mental side, mental health side. But then also like what work you really focus on with your clients from a mental health perspective to help them get the best results in the gym. 
in exercising and, and in whatever facet of way they exercise. Um, Troy, again, you're unmuted, so go for it. Yeah, I think probably I want to say quickly as well, it's it's important to recognize your limitations as well uh, as, as a coach or a PT, right? If someone has a significant mental health issue, they need to be talking to a, a clinical psychologist. That's like the first and foremost. They, they need to do that. There's, I'm not qualified on that position to, you know, to give that advice. But what I like to do with my clients is goal setting, you know, visual, visualization. Like, what do you want to achieve out of this? So focusing on what you can control rather than what you can't control. And what you can control right now is, is good diet, good nutrition. And like I said to you before, in strong internal dialogue. I like to tie that in with goal setting, visualization. If you're waking up in the morning and you have something to achieve, you've got something to look forward to. So whether it's getting in better shape, you know, having a session in the gym, it could be, well, not in the gym, but in a garage setting and doing what you can. Even if you don't have a setup in the, in the garage, what you can do is control your diet. So there's always something that you can focus on. Um, when it comes to nutrition, a lot of people say, oh, like I don't have a gym. But that's a, I would say that's a, it's an excuse and it's something that I would say is common with a lot of people to have that thought because like I, I need a gym to be able to get in shape. But you actually don't. Like what you can do is you can focus on, on your diet and good nutrition. So I really encourage my clients to set new goals during lockdown and then focus. And we talk about what we can focus on. We talk about training intensity. Like what was your motivation level out of 10 this week? And it might be an eight. So then I'll say, okay, that's actually quite good. So they do their self-reflection. And then I say, what do you think you need to do to carry it to a nine? And then I'll do the same thing with their training intensity. So we'll have a discussion around what we can do to improve. And I believe if you're future focused with um, like clients or even with myself, that's what I try to do is to be future focused and to put forward to think about what I can do to improve my position, my goals. I think that's something that I really recommend anyone to do is, you know, what can you do to be better? You know, what did you miss out on today? And if you had a bad day, that's okay. Recognize some things that you could have done better and let's focus on that tomorrow get back to the visualization and, okay, this is my goal. This is what I want to achieve. I'm going to think about it, you know, before I train, if it's, if it's health and nutrition related, right. This is the body that I want. You know, is this important to me? Okay. It is important to me. Do I see myself this way? And I like tying an emotion towards, you know, what do you think it's going to feel like to achieve that result? Is that something that you're looking forward to? So let's get after it now. And I, I take that sort of viewpoint. I like it, and it's it sort of it, it is a very internal game, like the whole visualize the visualization attaching emo, uh, emotion to it. Like it does become uh, an internal game because, like you said, unfortunately, you may not have the usual four walls that you train in. You know, it may not be the gym. It might be a garage. It might be at the local park. It might be, you know, whatever it is. But it, this is just a little bit, you know, different. But how do we still focus on the goal at hand? How do we still see what it is that we're going towards? I like that visualization. What would you say if someone comes to you and is like, Troy, I'm really struggling with the whole focusing on what I need to get. I can't visualize on it. I'm just really not in the state right now. How would yeah. you approach that position? So in terms of, are we talking health and fitness or we're just talking in general? Health and fitness wise. Like if not even, not even at, maybe they're not competing. Maybe they just want to, you know, be active, but they just mm -hmm. can't get out of bed and can't get in. They've spent five grand on a, on a garage gym. They've gone all out, but they just can't walk in there. Yeah, so I would I would ask them like what's what's the day setup like? Um, as as Danny said, you know, have a schedule. Like, let's figure something out. Like change your behavior. If you're going to have the same sort of you know behavior and, and all same sort of structure in a day, what do you expect is going to happen? Like nothing's going to change. So taking action is is the most important thing. And I think like let's say I don't know, probably make it relatable. 
maybe some people don't like doing dishes, right? There's a bunch of dishes. You cook a really nice dinner and it's there and you're like, oh, I'll get to it later. Hold on. No, no, no. We're not getting into it later. We're getting to it now. Let's, let's make it happen. So I think that can be applied with eating good nutrition. So I need to go to Coles. Oh, I'll go shopping later. I'll just get Uber Eats. No, I'm going to go to Coles now. Having a non-negotiable mindset and going, this is my goal. I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to make excuses. I'm going to get after it now. And that's changing behavior. So I encourage that. And I try to identify where the roadblock is. You know, are they struggling with food? Are they struggling with their internal dialogue? And again, like I said, some people do need to see a clinical psychologist. So in that situation where I do think it's, it's more than likely, and I do encourage most people to go, I think it's very healthy. Like a lot of people will sort of focus on health and nutrition and think it's, it's training. It's, it's good eating. You know, it's actually, it's actually your psychology, mm. you know, that's probably the most underrated. I mean, mental health, it's a big thing that we talk about, but how many people actually see a clinical psychologist mm. once a week or every fortnight or, or once a month. So we're so focused on good nutrition or the, the idea of having a good body, but how healthy is your, is your, is your mindset, you know? And I think that targeting that and figuring out what are the holes in what you're currently doing? And again, what can you do about it? What would you like to change? If you could, if you could achieve anything in the world right now, what would you like to do? You know, and if it's, I would love to be in better shape because when I get out of lockdown, I want to be on the beach and I've never been able to wear a bikini or whatever it might be. Okay. What do you think it's going to take to get there? Oh, I'm going to have to take action. Oh, let's go. Let's go. And then start the process. So I think taking action, having a positive attitude and be prepared to do the work. And if you're prepared to do the work, your behavior is going to change. Absolutely. And it's even like you said, like setting those small goals, like get that small win, like whether it is just do the dishes, like get up and do. And that's something that I work on. If I'm in a bit of a funk and I'm in a bit of a stationary mood, if I have to get up and do something that's like technically not work related productive, but it might be, you know, vacuum. It might be do the dishes, it might be fold some clothes, it might be clean the windows, whatever, but it gets me back in that, hey, I've just achieved something. I've just done something. I've just taken a step forward. Now I can go back and do those emails. Now I can go back and do those cold calls or business calls or whatever it may look like. Um, hey, Jordan as well, thank you for uh, putting that comment in the chat to see that, uh, you know, how much work you've done in the gym and, and looking after yourself there. Well done, buddy. I'm sure it's, um, it wasn't easy, but you've uh, got through it, which is important. Danny, I'm going to throw it over to you. You know, what, what's your approach when working with your clients and, you know, getting to getting them results in these challenging times that we're sort of facing um, and getting through some of those roadblocks that they yeah. might experience? Yeah, I think there's a few similarities there to, to what Troy has just brought up. Um, you know, I think purpose is such a powerful thing and there's so many people out there that really just either they just don't have an understanding of what their purpose is or maybe they're so busy trying to find it that, 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 that you know it's doing their head in I think purpose is a big thing and then goal setting is huge so I like to as cliche as it is I like to set goals for myself but I also like to get my clients to get really clear and super intentional about what it is they actually want to achieve so then we can reverse engineer it I mean you know, a lot of people have these big scary goals but have have not put a second into reverse engineering what steps need to be taken to to achieve it and they could constantly this it's like a vicious cycle constantly disappointed with the fact they're not seeing results yet they really don't know how they're going to get from where they are to where they want to be so the first thing i like to do is really is that vulnerability type of thing is get them to really be honest with themselves and and me and and figure out whether or not if they continue doing the same behaviors they're doing now, whether they're going to achieve what their goal is. And a lot of the time, the answer is no. Otherwise, they probably wouldn't come to me in the first place. So it's about really breaking it down into small steps and, and having them, as Troy said, visualize how that's going to play out. 
Um, I always give people a really good understanding right from the start that it isn't just going to be linear. You're not just going to start here and just end up there and it's going to be a piece of piece. It's just not going to work like that. So getting super clear on, on exactly what they want to achieve and how it's going to happen is really important. Um, now again, what Troy's touched on, like I think I'm a huge advocate around the whole mental health side of things. Um, it's something that I've worked on myself, you know, certain issues, I guess, uh, not issues, but you know, it's like everyone, I've gone through like bits of anxiety and stress and, and whatnot. And I've started to really add tools to my toolkit as to how I deal with it. Um, but also helping my clients understand that on a physical and mental capacity, you don't have to wait until you hit rock bottom on a certain area mm -hmm. before you do something about it. You know, prevention is so much better than whatever the other part of that <laughs> saying is. Um, <laughs> um, but I like to really get people to get ahead of it. So I like to lead by example, um, you know, using, using platforms such as social media, the podcast, email lists and stuff like that, not to push on anybody what they should be doing, but it's just to document what I'm doing and what's helping me. So whether it is a morning routine, whether it is meditation and journaling and setting intentions, whether it is being super honest with myself when I've had a shitty week and, and not being disappointed with the results I didn't get because of the work that I didn't do. So, um, you know, obviously throughout lockdown, as Troy's mentioned, and I think you mentioned it as well, Jamie, like the majority of us don't have access to a, a fully equipped gym. The majority of us don't have the, the pathway to our goal that we would usually like. But it's again, it's a part of adapting. It's like, it may not be how we'd like it to be, but it is what it is. Accept it, um, focus on what you can control as Troy's, as Troy's mentioned. And that's that's all there is. Like if you're spending any time focusing on what's out of your control, then, then that's the quickest way mm -hmm. to see your mental health deteriorate. So it's about, you know, being really grateful for what we do have. I think it's a big, it's a powerful thing. And again, it's very simple and cliche task, but I encourage all of my clients um, and anyone that follows my content to get super conscious of what they're grateful for. The most simple things every single day. And I do it morning and night um, and then reverse engineering how I'm going to achieve my goal. Being very honest with myself as well. You know, if it's a, um, you know, I know a lot of people out there are probably focusing on maybe weight loss or body or losing body fat. But for a lot of people out there, let's say, um, someone that comes to me wanting to build muscle mass, but they've got a set of five kilo dumbbells and, and a TheraBand at home. You know, you got to be honest with yourself. You're most likely not going to see a significant change in muscle mass with minimal equipment over the time uh, if you're not able to overload. So it's about setting realistic goals um, and, and just adapting. Again, coming back to what I first started this chat with, it's just adapting where you can. Um, and again, as Troy mentioned, just staying positive, mm. focusing on what you can control and then and then kind of letting the rest take care of itself. It was something that I, uh, you know, I mentioned in, in my book and, and it was like I saw Kobe Bryant talking about it. it was the main thing that he ever really focused on was control the controllables. It was one of his most famous sayings. Like he didn't worry about what the other team was doing because he had done watched that much game tape uh, and he knew exactly what was mm. happening. I know you're a massive basketball fan as well, so you probably know that quote from him but he was always about i'm going to try and control the controllables whatever else happens is going to fall into place and and that's it i can't control that what i can't control yeah. is where i'm going to be what my team's going to do and that's what we can do whatever else happens happens you touch there i think just one just, just on that quickly yeah i think again like just to reiterate what i said before it's super important to be honest with yourself as well i think a lot of people are like as troy mentioned like they want to lose body fat but they're, they're reaching for any excuse possible as to why they can't do it at the moment when it's not hard. I mean, in my personal opinion, this is the easiest time to lose body fat. 
you have no excuses. For most of us, we're sitting at home all day. We can cook all our meals. We have all the time in the world to plan our training. You should have, we have all these like resources like this where you're learning from people who you wouldn't get to usually, wouldn't usually get to learn from. And, and people are still making excuses as to why they can't do it. Mm. I mean, it's being super honest with yourself and just kind of cutting the excuses. And, you know, I'm, I'm a, I'm a nice guy. I like uh, very encouraging and stuff, but at the same time, like, especially when I'm working with clients that like, you're not paying me to just make you feel good be about friend. yourself. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like, I mean, we have, you have to get honest with yourself and, and be really, um, yeah, again, just honest with yourself as to whether or not you're doing what's necessary to, to see the results that you supposedly want to see. I love what you said there. It's like, this is probably the <laughs> easiest and simplest time to do it. You know, to, to you are home. You've got the ability to have your three hours exercise if you're in Melbourne, you know. Um, if someone comes to you and they're not really understanding that, like, what, what's your message to them? Because I'm guessing there's someone either listening now, watching now who is like, yeah, but Danny, it's not easy, man. Like, I, it's, I've tried the whole, it's easy. I've tried the whole meal prep. What do you say to that person? Well, the typical mistake that I see, and I think most people that work in the fitness industry could probably um, second me on this, is people try and do too much at once. And it's not just the fitness industry, it's everything. Mm-hmm. It's like going from where you are now and just change, trying to change everything all at the same time and, and, and getting so overwhelmed that you do none of it. And it's very common. So for me, it's about like, like habit stacking, for example, like, trying to come up with a list of daily non-negotiables that you add onto over time to the point where, you know, you don't have like this essay of these things that you're supposed to, be to tick off every day, but it might be five to 10 things or maybe two or three, whatever it is, things that you know that will, will move you from where you are now to where you want to be that over time become non-negotiables. Mm. So whether it is meditating daily, whether it is doing you know, X amount of steps per day, whether it's drinking a certain amount of water, trying to sleep at the same time, wake up at the same time, like, Instead of trying to change it all at once, do it over time, like one step at a time, one small change at a time, and that becomes easier. It's like learning any skill or changing anything in your life. If you're trying to do it all at once, it it, it can be overwhelming, and most of the time it is. Um, So if you're able to do it in a way that isn't overwhelming and you can build that momentum, because I think for a lot of people, it's like the, again, it's that cycle of negativity. It's like every time I try and do a diet, I fail. Every time I try and do a workout program, I fail. I can't stick to this, can't stick to that. And then that, you start to believe that yourself. Totally. You're like, oh, I genuinely can't lose fat because I can't stick to a diet. Yeah. yeah. Well, you can do one thing at a time. Even if it's drinking three liters of water a day, do that for seven days and you'd be amazed at how, how much momentum that carries into the next week and the self-belief and the discipline around like, Oh, I can do this. Like it's just a small win. Totally. But over time they build up. Um, you know, my, my kind of motto with all my clients is you do the small things exceptionally well on a daily basis and the results are significant over an extended period of time. Whereas most people do the opposite, try and do everything in a short period of time and, and expect the results and wonder why it's not happening. Absolutely. I love that. And it is those small wins. Like you said, it could just be drink three liters of water a day and do it for seven days straight and see how you go. Mm. Um, and, you know, one thing that I've stopped doing with a lot of the people that I get to work with is, you know, when we've all heard it, and again, again, different opinions, but the whole, you know, it takes 60, 66, 67 days, whatever it is to set a new habit. I think if you set that number, it doesn't matter what you do before then, you're, you're only ever going to wait for that day you know, that, that, num- that yeah. number of day. Like for me, I always just tell them, like it takes as many days as it takes. If it takes 10 days, amazing. If it takes 120 yeah. days, so be it. Like forget about the number. Just what do we got to do to make it a habit? I'm different. And, uh, and you know, just one last thing because I feel like I'm talking way too much. <laughs> but, um, and Troy, I don't know if you do the same thing here, but 
I use the analogy of a volume dial, like um, with with my clients. It's like try and get rid of the mentality of the on or off switch because that's a problem that a lot of people have. It's like I'm I'm either trying to lose fat or I'm just going back to my old ways and doing whatever the hell I want until I want to lose fat again. It's like the typical person who decides to start eating in a calorie deficit or, or dieting. It's like they're genuinely that fixated on the end date from day one that it's no wonder they go back to their normal habits once it's over. So trying to create a lifestyle instead of an on and off switch. So with the volume dial, it's like, you know, maybe throughout winter and when you don't have a specific goal or whatever it is, you, you may, may start to relax a little bit and take it easy. Like people look at people that are in the fitness industry and just think like, oh, you must just do everything perfectly. But like, to be fair, I probably do shit like worse than half the people on the call, to be honest. Like if I, if I have a specific goal and I'm working towards something and I turn the volume dial up, then yeah, I know I'll be disciplined as I, as I need to be. But I'm not always like that. I'll have a glass of wine with dinner on a Friday night. I'll take a day off if I don't feel well, whatever. Like everyone, everyone's human. It's like just about figuring out when the volume dial needs to come up and when you can let it relax a little bit instead of having a mentality of either I'm either all in or I'm all out. Mm, I like that. And, and one thing that really connects and it resonates with me today, I was listening to the new Robin Sharma book um, and he mentions today, like someone said, he said in the book that someone DM'd him on social media and said, why are you always so serious? Like, it seems like you're, you're never having fun. And he said, I'm serious when it needs to be serious. And, you know, there's a time to be turned, like there's a time to show up, like it's game time. That, cool, I'm, I need to be serious now. Like people are paying you, especially in his realm of work. Like he can't turn up just blasé. It's like, I, I, it's serious when it needs, it needs to be serious. And then when it doesn't need to be yeah. serious, then I'm a normal human being and I'll eat and drink and do whatever I need to do um, to fill my cup up again. But again, man, I really like that. I'm going to come back to you on something, um, but I want to go to Chanel because I'm, I'm sure you've had a chance to read the question that was there for you. Um, but I've got a few questions around, you know, again, you're, again, one of Melbourne's, and you were recently on, on my podcast and I had an incredible conversation um, with you around this, but, you know, in the recruitment space, in the career space, in the job space, there's a lot of, lot of uncertainty, just like everything else that's been topped onto us around the whole uncertainty um, feeling and emotion. But around jobs and careers, like where do you see it going? Like do you, where do you see it opening up to? Um, what can people start to do around if they've been impacted by their job or career? And especially here in Melbourne, it's probably more now, so more than ever has been really significant but what's some thoughts from you what have you seen in the industry what are you focusing on with a lot of people that you get to work with and what do you do through titanium to to make yourselves one of the leaders if not the leaders here in melbourne yeah look i mean there is a lot of uncertainty but i think it's also been a time for people to have moments of really great and large reflection um reflection on their career because i mean as much as we we don't want to say it we we spend more time at work than we do with our friends with our family so as much as you say your career isn't you it becomes a massive component of who you are as a person um and i think during these lockdowns people have really had time to to look at themselves and assess their careers um and where they want to be so i've seen a huge shift like a lot of changes when it comes to um industries where they want to be what they want to do long term and then We've also seen a massive shift when it comes to workplaces in general. So I think you and I had a great chat about this, Jamie, like the future is going to have a lot more flexibility, um, a lot more work-life balance, which, you know, I think will in, in the long term benefit people from a mental health perspective, um, a physical perspective, because, you know, just like the, the amazing people on this podcast, you know, mental health, health, fitness, they all tie in together. And a lot of people don't have the time to focus on it all when they're working and commuting and 
you know, they've got children or families, like it's so hard to do it all. Um, so it's a really exciting time for the future of, I guess, the, the employment world. And it's not just Australia, it's worldwide. Um, with people now understanding that you can work from home, you can have flexibility, you don't need to do nine to five. And I think it's um, Amazon now, they do whatever hours. They don't ask their employees. They just say, do whatever, do whatever hours you want, come to the office if you want. And I think that we're going to see a huge shift in that because the Australian goal or the Australian dream is no longer mm. what it was. Um, but as much as it's been a moment of despair and heartbreak for a lot of people, there's also been a lot, I think it's going to be a huge shift, which will be in return really positive for, for people. It's probably hard for them to see that at this time though, like, you know, what next year might look like, the positives it would bring, whereas you're in the trenches right now, you're at rock bottom, sort of similar to what Danny was saying earlier about, you know, you're at that low point. Yeah. Um, like for people that come to you and ultimately like where can someone start to position themselves or like what can they start to be thinking about? You know, like you said, it's a great reflection time. People are looking at different options. Like what should people start to be thinking about if they're not having those thoughts already? Like if they're thinking moving into state, um, diff- whole different career, doing their own thing, starting their own little side hustle, making it into a full-time thing. Like where, where can their thought processes be? Well, I think you and I touched on this as well, Jamie, when we had a chat. You know, I think a lot of people think that the employment market has crashed and there's been certain industries like hospitality and retail that might have taken a bit more of a hit. Um, but in, 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 I guess, on the flip side, we're seeing more demand for people than ever before. And previously, if you wanted to go into a role, you need to have X amount of experience and, and you know, you have to be sort of 19 with 25 years experience <laughs> in something to get anywhere. But that's shifted now. People desperately need workers and that's sort of, you know, with the um, job keeper allowances, um, no, no sort of working work, work, they're called work visa, working visas. Um, there's a huge demand for workers. So, you know, it's about like, like you and I spoke about, it's about understanding not where you want to be. Some, some people are in jobs and they're like, I don't want to be here, but I don't know what I want. Figure out what it is that you love. Do you love interacting with people? Do you love health and fitness? Do you love, um, you know, solving problems. So once you figure out what your skill sets are and what you're actually genuinely passionate about, that'll lead you into your career. Um, speak to recruiters, speak to career coaches, speak to friends, family, like put yourself out there. Um, if it's, you know, a business that you want to run, my advice is, you know, it looks so glamorous um, and people are drawn to running businesses from what they see on social media. The reality, as, as most of you guys sitting here would know, it couldn't be further from the truth. You're working harder, longer. It's it's a different world. Um, so it's about understanding, do you want to start a business because you have something to give or do you want to start a business because it's a trend or, 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 a, or a fad? And it's really differentiating the two. Um, but my advice is to anyone, go for it. Like if you've got a dream and you want to bring it to life, go like nothing is stopping you. Go for it. Love that. Love that. Did you get a chance to read the question in the chat from Luke? I was so busy listening. Um, I did. It's very industry-specific, Luke. So what I'm going to do is, is chat to you after this about this particular question. Um, but in general, right, I mean, one of, like, the, the question that Luke's basically asking is it's difficult to interact when your borders are shut and you're running a business in another state. Whilst we've never been more disconnected physically, I think we've never been more connected despite what's happening in Melbourne right now as people because we're all collectively going through one traumatic experience. And with that, you can connect with anyone 
You can talk to anyone on the street. And I'm sure we've all had interactions with neighbors and people that we would have never interacted with because we're all collectively going through something, right? So when you have a reason to speak to people and whether they're in another state or not, you have that, you have that reason to call and build a relationship. Um, just like Troy and, and, Dan, and Dan were saying, it's baby steps, right? When you're building a business in another state and you have something to offer, put your face out there, put your name out there, whether that be Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook, TikTok, whatever it is, just keep putting your brand out there. I did it for a year and I remember like no one would like my posts and I was like, I feel like I'm not getting anywhere, but one day the penny drops and all of a sudden everyone knows who you are. But to build a business, you have to put yourself out there as much as you possibly can. And people do business with people that they like and people that they trust. And, and this is, again, something that you and I were chatting about recently, Jamie. So just put yourself out there. Speak to people. Um, don't be corporate. Don't be <laughs> stiff. Don't do a sales pitch. Sales pitches are bullshit. No one cares about them anymore. They care about the person that they're dealing with. Do they like you? Do you have something that you can offer them? And are you a good human being? And if you've got all those things, you're going to do well in business. Mm -hmm. But you have to, you, ha you don't, don't do bullshit sales scripts. It's, 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 it's not going to get you anywhere. It's from back in the 80s. It's, uh, uh, I just, I still get them though. I'm sure we get them on LinkedIn. I'm sure all of you totally. guys get them like, hi, Dan, like, did you see my 10 steps to did it? Like, I don't care. You haven't personalized that to me. Do you know what I mean? Or like you get those cold calls from telemarketers yeah. and yeah. it's like, no one answers them anymore because it's not personalized. And I think sales in 2021, unless you're in e-com or, you know, depends what industry you're in, it needs to be genuine. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you can, and I guess our, our bullshit radars, you know, on point now. Um, we're all, we're, I think Dan's got a question. <laughs> go for it, Dan. I'll just quickly say this because I've got the memory of a goldfish. I'll definitely forget it. I got an email like last week from someone trying to pitch me and the email started off with, Hi, in brackets, insert podcast name here, <laughs> bracket, and then went on to ask if they could be a guest on my show. I was like, fuck, man, you could have at least figured out the name of my show. I, I, saw, I saw that on your, when you when you screenshotted that and posted it, and I had a little bit of a laugh to myself. Um, so now, have you ever had the, hi, sir, I get that, like, I get the hi, sir, I get the hi, sir, slash madam. Just <laughs> I love it. Yeah. But, but see, like, it's spending that, how long does it take to write that introduction email? You know, three minutes after you've done a thousand of them, you get pretty good at it. Like that personalization, that energy that you put into the typing and it's felt on the other end. Personally, even here with Brush by the Vines, I've never copied and pasted, a, you know, a, an email from, you know, at all. Like sending any email at all, unless it's like an instructions one, like this is the time and the date that we're having the session. But whenever I'm emailing someone at all, it's always freshly typed. Because I think that energy you put into it you, you read it, you feel it, you feel what they're saying on the other end. Like as you're reading it yourself, you can, I don't know, maybe it's just me intrinsically doing that, but I don't know if any of you guys experience it when you're reading an email, you can feel the energy coming through it um, in a way as well. Matt, I can see your question in here. Um, and I don't know if any other guys had a chance to read it, but I'll give my, my take on it um, on part A. I honestly, and I was thinking about it today and, and you know, my partner May said this to me, I don't know, a little while back. She said to me, you're, you're, because I don't know if this is a good thing or, or a bad thing to say to you, and I really take anything to offend, like I don't take anything to heart. 
but she basically said like you're not a people pleaser like in a, in the nicest way possible like to the people that matter you are yes but you also you won't change who you are to please someone else and I saw that as a compliment I was like that's very nice thank you you know like that takes time to be able to build that skill because and I can tell you now when I was a lot younger I, I thought I had to try and fit in because I felt I didn't fit in so I had to do what everyone else was doing and say what everyone else was saying because I thought that was what was cool and what was the right thing to do but it wasn't until I uh you know you have your own personal experiences and you realize that one you don't have to always tell them how you feel and what you think is the truth I, and I, I finished it off in my book it's on like one of the last pages one of my uncles I told him I, he used to be my uncle that I always looked up to and I told him some of the big goals that I had and the big dreams that I had and he shut me down so quickly you know he said you're never going to achieve that my friends have tried that and they didn't achieve it and what makes you think you're going to be able to do it I don't think he said it in a malicious way I think he just sort of said it in a well someone that's twice your age and who's got experience tried it it didn't work for them how do you think he's going to be able to work I soon realized at that time that you know don't share everything to everyone and you got to pick your your people wisely um but if you feel that it's a it's a strong enough topic to want to have a conversation about then whichever way it goes, it goes. It's the universe, it's fate, it's the way it's meant to be. Um, if, it's, if you're going to hold it in and it's going to make you anxious, depressed, it's going to make you feel clouded and it's not where you really want to be, then yeah, like you've got to make that call to either you release it and let it go or you have the conversation and it's going to get released and let go anyway. So it's really just which way you want to go about it. It's going to help you sleep at night. That's all you need to focus on. Um, but if any, if firstly, Matt, I hope that helps. But if anyone else wants to add in on that from their own experiences and from their own research and, and knowledge, if they've ever had any experience yeah. like that. I think um, so the last part was like if we would end up in an argument or potentially losing a said friendship. So what I would say is if your friend doesn't respect your opinion, then they're probably not a friend. I, I think it's important for you to be authentic with who you are and say what you really feel. And then if someone's going to be on your level, then they're going to accept mm. it. Just like um, uh, Mel mentioned before about cancel culture. If you don't believe this, then this. It's like, you know, that's not a diplomatic way. That's a comic. That's almost like, well, let's not talk politics. But I, I mean, for, for me, I'm very outspoken and I have my non-negotiables. Of course, I will listen to what, you know, other people's opinions are. I will respect that. But I feel like that that is needed in the relationships that I have. And I think I would encourage you to feel the same, like, definitely speak up and have an honest conversation with your family or have an honest conversation with your friends and, you know, and be authentic. And I think with authenticity, you're going to grow as well as a person. And you're also going to gain confidence in what you, your beliefs are and what really matters to you. Does that help Matt? Caroline, I can see you've unmuted yourself. So I'm guessing you potentially want to add something in. Uh, I think what we're all kind of saying um, ties back into a lot of the things we've already shared. So I I would kind of lean into that whole legacy piece for me. Like if I was trying to work through something like this, I'd probably be leaning into that as well. I'm like, you know, realistically, when we look at that kind of end piece, there's only a handful of people there. Like, yeah, you might have 100 people at the funeral, but the people that are actually with you in those last days, they're, they're the people that are closest to you. And, and though I, I would hope, similar to what Troy just said, I would hope that, the people that are in my inner circle have enough respect for me and my values to know that we're not always going to agree, but we can at least lead with empathy, 
come into conversations and be mm. really respectful of each other's space space and opinions and, and lives. Um, you know, we've all lived many, many days up until today and and therefore we've all had different influences around that you know, up until this day. So I think it's a combination of really kind of knowing your purpose, your values and the things that are really important to you um, identifying who's around you and picking and choosing. If if it's going to be really toxic for you to hold that in, um, then yes, you need to make sure you're speaking really openly. But if you don't have people in your life that you can be open with, then it's potentially time to look around and go, hey, are these the people I want to be sharing with? And similar to Jamie's example with um, his uncle, um, I think there's definitely moments where you look around and you go, okay, I'm here because of a reason. It's family because they're family. Like that's who we were born, like the family we were born into or our housemates or whatever the scenario is. But that doesn't mean that they need to be the people that influence you because you can choose who your inner circle is and, and therefore like you're still part of whatever that is that you've been born into due to circumstance, but you can choose the people that actually and and that you share with. So yeah, I think when you when you reassess it, um, you don't want that to- like that toxic feeling of holding on to stuff as well. So you want to be able to be free enough to be respectful enough and, and to give that in return because if that's what you want, you need to make sure you're also coming to the table with that kind of energy. Love that. Love that. You're getting an answer from everyone, Matt. It's a great question. And um, but you know what? It's, it's probably a, a topic that we've all experienced at some stage in our life, whether it be, you know, with intimate partners, whether it be with friendships, whether it be extended family. Uh, we've all had to make a decision on which way we go with it. Uh, I guess that's what defines you. That's what defines you as a person and, and you learn from it, whether it works or it doesn't work. Um, Chanel, there's another question for you in there. I don't know if you've read it yet, but I'll, I'll let you read it. Um, Danny, I want to go back to something that you said earlier, if that's okay. Um, you touched on something, and again, appreciate you being open and honest about it. Where you, you know, you said you had your the anxious moments, and you know, you've worked through that during this time. It's no doubt a topic that a lot of people are experiencing, and a, and a feeling, and an emotion a lot of people are experiencing. What are some of your tactics, hack, uh, you know, hacks, tips, strategies to work through those moments? Yeah, I mean, there's a few. Um, like I said earlier, I, I don't know what the saying is, but I'm sure everyone picked up what I was trying to say. I'm <laughs> bigger. I'm a lot bigger now, particularly with my mental health on prevention rather than trying to fix it once it, it, it goes to shit pretty much. So for me, it's like, again, it's just structure and routine. So I have a set morning routine that I do every day. Um, and I genuinely enjoy it now. It wasn't the case like for a while, for, for a while there, I was almost like forcing some of these things because I thought that I needed to do it. Um, and it wasn't as effective. Whereas now I've really learned to genuinely enjoy it and take um, a lot of value out of it. So I start my day off um, with a cold shower. I mean, there's, there's, there is a heap of studies and stuff to show like physical benefits of it, but to be completely honest with you, it, it just, I just do it because it makes me feel good. Like I feel super productive afterwards very clear like mentally physically i just feel like i've got a lot more energy and it's quite clearly a great way to wake up in melbourne when you're up at like 4 30 and you're getting a cold shower um after that i'll typically do like roughly 15 to 20 minutes of meditation um, and then some journaling and, and kind of like intention setting and, and gratitude journaling and stuff so they're like um the preventative stuff that i like to do before i've even started my day um 
on the other side of that, and this is something I'm kind of like learning about recently with the whole like personal development side of things and different books that I've been reading is not uh, not identifying myself with the feeling. So if I am anxious, like not trying to like either ignore the fact that I'm anxious or even say like I am anxious, probably more so like like switching around how I word it, like even this like, Something as simple as saying, like, I feel anxious at the moment. Not like I, I'm not anxious. I feel anxious at the moment. What are the tools that I have in my toolkit that I can do about it? What is making me anxious? How can I make sure or, or at least try to not let myself get in this position again? And also, as I said, not pushing it aside. So it's okay. Like, it, I, I probably in the past, the reason why it took me so long to even start any of this type of stuff, and, and this is one of the reasons why it got to the point where I was super anxious, and and stress is because I was just ignoring it or just not doing anything about it or or trying to do whatever I could to block it out. Um, you know, this is a this is like a weird weird thing that worked for me for ages. Um, like I would go to bed every single night and like there might not even be something specific that I was anxious about or stressed about, but I just was worried about getting anxious and stressed. So I would like put on a a, a stand up comedy thing on my phone or on TV. And I would have to go to sleep with that on. And like, I'd go to sleep straight away. But I was almost like scared of going to sleep without it or just laying there in complete silence and darkness because I would worry about where my, my thoughts would take me. Um, and I'm making myself sound like I'm just a psychopath here. It's not, that's not the case. Like it wasn't being anything- vulnerable, of, man. It's being vulnerable. I love it. It wasn't anything out of control. It was just more so like just genuine, like unknown. Whereas now it's like, um, and I'm still getting a little bit better at this, but if there is something that makes me feel like upset, anxious, stressed, whatever it is, it's just trying to like sit with that feeling and like actually go through it instead of trying to push it away and just feel the shitty feeling of what it actually feels like and then let it pass and re also realize that it is going to pass. Um, and again, like I said before, it's trying to reframe how I think of certain things and how I talk about it. Um, if I feel like I'm starting to get anxious, not kind of saying to myself or saying to anyone else that I am anxious or anything like that. It's just like, you know, I don't, I feel like it's pretty anxious at the moment. Like what can I do about it to try and help it? And then, and then that's it. Like trying to be, again, like training and nutrition, being super logical about it. Um, and yes, there's definitely times where it doesn't work and end up super anxious, but more often than not, it's just a tool that I'm adding to my toolkit that, mm. that um, eventually does, does help. But again, if you can do stuff every single day that become non-negotiables that don't let you get to that point, you're obviously going to be in a much better position. And the things that I do in the morning and, and whenever I do start to feel anxious, I feel now um, are super helpful for me anyway. I love that. I love that. It's something that, um, you know, and I like what you said there, you sort of used to ignore it, used to bury it, just pretend it wasn't real until you really addressed it. Um, and again, going back on, you know, the new Robin Sharma book, he, I don't know if anyone here has read it or listened to it yet. Uh, and it's something that I did completely wrong, but only realized when he spoke about it, like, I, and I listened to it a day ago, was in he, like, you have these moments and you think the best thing to do is have positive thinking and think past it and ignore it and be like, whatever, it doesn't matter. And positive thinking, today's a better day, which is great. But addressing that emotion, addressing that trauma in whatever scale it is, addressing the feeling that you've had, whether it's anxiety or, or depression or whatever it might be, and, and solving that and handling it and overcoming it is going to serve you so much better than just putting it over there for now and let's stack up all these positive thoughts and all this positive positivity when the foundation of it all is really negativity and negative experiences and 
negative associations that you've built, it's eventually going to boil over. Uh, and that's something that I, it, it clicked in my head. I was like, I've been doing that for five years now, just positive thoughts, positive thoughts, and not really handling what I was trying to cover, you know? Uh, and just by having that realization, that awareness, similar to what you were saying is, okay, I'm not anxious. I feel anxious in this moment. That's already a win because you're not allowing it to go any further. You're, you're already reframing it but it's at the, the self, first moment. It's also the self-awareness and the consciousness of, of even realizing it. Now, even if you totally. continue to actually feel anxious after you recognize it, it's, it's a win in itself that you're even able to sit there and go, hey, like, I'm anxious. I feel anxious at the moment. Um, that in itself is a win because you start to pick up on the things, like you're just aware of it. I mean, awareness is so, is so important in everything. Okay. But the more aware you are and conscious of, of the certain feelings you're having or the behaviors you're doing that you don't necessarily like or that you want to do that you're not doing, the more awareness and consciousness you have around that, the more likely it is that you're going to be able to make a change. Because for a lot of people, it's just absolute, just absolute um, unconsciousness. Like just, there's not, they have no idea like what's causing right. it or, or even like what they're actually feeling. Because again, it's just like that suppression is trying to not, mm. to not even acknowledge it. Um, so Correct. yeah, that's what works for me. I think that's a, it's a definitely a massive step forward. Is it, like you said, they're acknowledging it and just realizing that it's real. You felt that way. That's not your title. It's not who you are. It's just a feeling that you're experiencing right now. And a lot of these emotions you're going to feel more often because of the craziness we're experiencing. Um, and I found myself doing that Tuesday. You know, I was watching live streams of all the craziness happening in the city and I had it on my big screen next to me. I was like, what am I doing? You know, I had it playing for like three hours straight. I'm like, I've never done anything like this. Like, why am I doing this? And then it was just this, I was like, why am I doing this? And I just clicked X and it all went away, you know, but for that first three hours of watching, it, I was like so caught up in it. Um, but it's, you know, it just proves and again, it goes back to boundaries and it all goes back to we are humans and we have those moments where we might veer off the track a little bit. Uh, but by having the tools in the tool belt, by having the right people around you, by getting good content, by, you know, learning and educating, you can quickly flick back. Chanel, I'm going to throw it back to you for the question that was in the, the chat, um, if you'd like to address it, because I think it's a really good question for everyone. Yeah, I actually laughed when I read it. Um, firstly, thank you so much, Janet. That's so, so, so kind of you. Um, the reason I laughed was how you success, how were you able to successfully market yourself when you first started Titanium? Trust me, I didn't. I made so many, I don't think they were mistakes, but I would just, I was putting myself out there so much and I copped a lot, like a lot of criticism. Um, I don't think that you can ever really fully master marketing. Um, I think people hire marketing agencies that can help them. But in the end, I guess, you know, like marketing myself was just putting myself out there every single day um, and that reaching as many people as possible. Um, I guess in the end, it comes down to, could I deliver? Could I deliver what I was promising on, which I basically, I sell, this sounds really strange when I say, it, I sell people for a living. Like my job is selling people to companies. So you can market yourself until the cows come home, but if you can't deliver, you'll fizzle out. So not only was I putting myself out there every day, I was following through by delivering the best possible service. And then like any industry, you do good, word spreads like wildfire, and then all of a sudden everyone knows about you and then you just continue to deliver good service. But when it comes to marketing myself, um, it's still a work in progress, but I used to post like things on LinkedIn and think it was normal and people were like, 
like people would always say because they have I have a beautiful team like a very great like a great looking team is this a modeling agency like what are you doing like that like I got so I popped so much shit and um but it, I just had to keep going I just kept going trial and error trial and error trial and error I think I found a good medium now um luckily I could deliver because I wasn't so great on the marketing but um like like anything you just keep trying until you find something that works um and then stick with it nice nice we'll hope that uh definitely answers the question um guys I'm gonna give it a a a last round a last a last questions round if anyone out there has any questions that they want to put in the chat for us to to answer but I'm going to go back around just one more time to everyone as we do start to sort of end the time here together um you know whoever wants to kick it off can kick it off ultimately like what are some of the key things that you're really focusing focusing on on the daily like what are your i don't know really some of the key themes that i've picked up on is consistency um you know having daily habits goal setting visualization most people have across the, the six of us have touched on that at some stage throughout their um you know, answering of questions or giving giving uh, knowledge, but what's been what's going to be the major things that you're focusing on so that you can turn up as the best version of you on a daily basis? And I know there'll be those peaks and troughs where it's up and down, but how, how, what are you focusing on to win the days? Basically, what are you going to be doing during these next? If you're in Melbourne, five weeks of lockdown and whatever comes after that. Um, but what's the next period look like for you guys? Whoever wants to go first. Troy, go. Yeah, I'll go. I'll go. We're good. So I'm muted myself. <laughs> All right. So I think um, innovation is really important in times like this and self-reflection. So not just if we're talking about like personal goals and business goals, it's, it's two different things. But I think reflecting on your current performance and who you are, where you're going, who do you want to be? And like I mentioned before, what I mentioned, my clients is exactly the same process I have with myself, questioning exactly what I'm doing, how can I improve? And what are some opportunities that I might be missing out on that I can take advantage on if I take action? And that's something that I've really focused on lockdown. So, you know, in relation to business, it's more about scaling for me and market research. So that's what I've been doing right now, hiring staff, et cetera, expanding, something that I didn't focus on earlier. So there's always something you can do. And if it's fitness related, you know, as, as, as Dan mentioned before, like I like some of his points there, what was it before the, it was the volume dial knowing when to turn it up. And I think that can be applied to everything. Like that was probably one of the coolest things I heard. I think, you know, what's interesting as well. I think I've gained as much information and value from it as, as just the regular. I, saw you, so I, appreciate everyone's, I saw you taking it yeah. through. And I've got a few good notes. So I appreciate everyone's input, but I think having a desire to be better every day is, is something that I take pride in and I'm non, I don't negotiate with what I want. It's that simple. I think it's, it's hard for me to, to really push it out there. It sounds very simple, but I don't negotiate with my goals. Like I, I know exactly where I'm going to go. I have laser beam focus. And on the days where I have a bad day, cause I actually had a bad day yesterday and I just sat on the couch for like an hour, internal dialogue started talking to myself and I, all right, let's get out of this again, snapped out of it back to work, you know? And then I, f- I finished the working, well, the working night, I, I would say on a, on a high and got it done. So there are times where, you know, you, you may not feel like, for example, going to the gym, you may not feel like or training in a garage, you may not feel like dieting, you may not feel like working and emailing and corresponding with clients, but just do it anyway, because what matters more 
to me personally is achieving what I want, not how I feel in the moment. So am I going to be proud of myself in, in a month's time, in six months time, 12 months time? And I take it upon myself. It's my personal responsibility to get after it now, because there has been times in the past where I've let myself down, whether it was, you know, I don't know, irrational beliefs or not taking action or, you know, I suppose a lot of things that most people could or would struggle with, you know, and I was like, no, like, this is, this is not who I am. This is not who I want to be. And I I would tell everyone, if you're not sure about anything, do your research. Uh, Les Brown, we had a discussion about Les Brown. It's better to be prepared for an opportunity and not have it Mm. than to have an opportunity and not be prepared. So if you're studying, reading, researching, reviewing, you're going to be good to go. I love that. Love that. Thanks, man. Thanks for sharing. I appreciate that. Uh, who wants to go? Go, Caroline. I think what Troy said is brilliant. And my shorter version of that <laughs> um, is that I remind myself that if something, if I want something, it's kind of up to me. Like, no one's going to do the work for me. Um, be it if I, like, I work for myself. So, from that perspective, from a business perspective, it's up to me to innovate. It's up to me to constantly think of new ideas. Now, I have a great team and they bring some brilliance to, to the mix of the team that I've surrounded myself with. But I'm really conscious that it stops with me. Like, if someone brings me a great idea and I don't support them or I don't bring light them or I don't um, source the funding that we need to do the thing or whatever it is, um, or if I don't even bring the right attitude to further... Um, nurture their ideas and their creative thinking, um, then it's not nothing's going to happen. Um, and it's the same in, in the more personal side of my life where I'm really conscious that um, if I don't bring that mindset, if I don't consciously think about how I speak to myself internally, nothing's going to happen. So, like, I, I don't sit still for very long. Um, I've been one of those people in the whole time of COVID where I've just done ridiculously different things because I like to keep things busy on on top of being a parent and running businesses and whatever else. But I'm also mindful that in some ways I'm never going to get this time back. Um, I'm never going to have, I hope, never going to have a situation like this where I am physically restricted in certain ways and my time is restricted in certain ways and where I can use that to my advantage. Um, I now permanently work from home and I'm completely okay with that. I don't have to commute. I don't have to do certain things. And I can choose to sleep in for that extra hour that I'm not commuting or I can choose to do something with that because it's it all starts and stops with me. So um, regardless of what comes next, um, I know if I really want to do it, I'm the only person that can do it. Love that. Taking full responsibility. Yeah. The next level. I love that. DK, what do you got? a little bit of a weird mix it's uh yeah i love what carolina said it's you know it it starts and ends with you like in the the day it is up to you no one else will do it for you as cliche as that is but me it's like constantly trying to make sure that i'm putting myself in an uncomfortable position like in in a good way obviously um but trying to get outside my comfort zone as much as i possibly can you know that's led to even though I'm barely, I'm not barely working, but obviously work this year and the last, and last year has dropped off a lot compared to what it typically is. 
Like I've invested in a business coach. Um, I'm trying to make use of my time and make sure that I'm pushing myself past where I think I can go or or not so much that, but like, as I've said earlier, like reverse engineering how I'm going to do it, but setting these goals that that are big and scary that that may at the moment seem like they're a long way away, but but like putting in the the building blocks now to make sure that I can put myself in a position to hopefully get there. Um, And then at the same time, like I said, I'm kind of just balancing myself out here is because I do have so much more time now, I found myself, um, I'm typically like someone who just struggles to just do nothing, like to sit still or whatever, like it just does my head in. But at the same time, I've been having this feeling of like feeling very unproductive because there actually is not that much to do. Like I'll do all the things that I know that need to be done for the day in terms of my priorities and I'll finish that and then I'll still come and sit down and like sit in front of the computer and like try and create content or try and come up with something or something, try and come up with some idea that I can do to keep furthering myself when in reality, I've already done things that I need to do that are going to keep pushing me forward. And I'm almost like just overdoing it because I'm so used to doing shit all the time, if that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. So I'm almost trying to force myself to take a step back sometimes and understand that it's all right to have a day, or maybe not a day, but have a few hours where you are just doing pointless shit like watching Netflix or um, you are just doing things that may not necessarily be work-related whatsoever because, you know, I've, I've mistake I've made in the past is just trying to go, 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 and I eventually hit a wall. Um, where and it's very similar like I talk about the similarities between that and your training like I used to do the same with that as well I'll just train my ass off and just expect to see results and and get to the point of diminishing returns where I'm either getting a niggle an injury or just training sucks I'm not progressing and my mentality is just like do more do more do more whereas you know if I t- took a deload for a week or if I back things off or I periodize my training better then maybe I would continue to make progress so I'm trying to do the same with my business um, and the time that I am working, make it super productive. And then outside of that, be super okay with not always working. Um, and, you know, when, when things go back to normal, and that's the other thing I'm trying to remind myself of, even though this is dragged out for way too long, when things go back to normal, I'll probably be going to myself, fuck, I wish I could go back and just have like a day where there's literally nothing to do yeah. and try and come up with something to do because I'll, because I know things will get super busy again. So, um, yeah, I can't even remember what the question was, but hopefully that answers it. <laughs> No, it definitely does. And I like the way you like you're sort of reframing it by saying, well, hey, in, in five weeks, six weeks, five months, who knows how long, there will be those periods of time where I don't have time. Um, so lap, up, lap it up now while you can. Um, but it's what Chanel opened up with by, you know, like even slowing down a bit yeah. you know, and having that ability to smell the roses, so to say, yeah. and yeah, re- fill your cup up, recharge the batteries. So I like that. Chanel, I'm going to throw it over to you. What's your sort of moving forward, your key focuses? Yeah, I mean, at the moment, I I like mixing things up, right? We're in lockdown. We can only do so much. So the other day, I did like a, like an online Zumba. And anyone that knows me, I have two left feet. I'm the worst dancer in the world, but it was fun. Like it brought me in that moment just, just joy, like finding ways to find joy in a really shitty time. Um, I like mixing it up. So like I said, I did a Zumba. I did some weird like body contortion online thing as well that didn't end well, but we won't go into that. Um, but mixing it up, but also, again, I think um, Troy said it, I, I like to be uncomfortable as well. Um, so finding ways to, to challenge where the, my business is at at the moment. 
Um, we've got a lot happening and I've been doing a lot of sort of behind the, the scenes work on our interstate expansion, uh, which is going full steam ahead and getting partners on board with that and, and lawyers and, and all the behind the scenes work that goes involved. And I don't think I ever had the time to really focus on that before lockdown because business was so busy. Um, so as much as I say I slow down and, and living more in the moment, in the same breath, I am planning for the, what once this is over and what that's going to look like and preparing my business for substantial growth, uh, which excites me. Um, that's it. Yeah, shaking it up and planning for the boom. And, and I was the same. Um, I As soon as the last lockdown ended and things reopened, Dan, I was like, I need another lockdown just to chill. And then we go into lockdown and I'm like, you know, and then we came out of it and I was like, cool, we're out of it. And now I'm like, I know as soon as this ends and things go crazy, I'm going to be like, oh, you know, I, I wish I just chilled. Like I spent a couple of days just watching Netflix. You know what I mean? So like you can't, you can't win really. I agree. You definitely yeah. can't win. And um, even if, even if you watch a couple of movies, it's still not enough and you'll go back to work. And then two days later, you're like, shit, I need to have yes. more time, a downtime, you know? Um, but for me, like, you know, moving forward, like what I'm, I'm really, I've spent like these last, you know, well, this particular lockdown itself and then I know moving forward I'm gonna I'm just gonna learn more you know I keep telling myself I've got to read and I do a little bit but I listen to a lot of audio books but I just want to learn and, and soak up as much information as possible in this downtime so that when we do reopen you know I've, I've come back with 10 new books under my belt and knowledge that I never had before and learnings and experiences and understandings and things like this and hearing different perspectives and doing different programs and like you said mixing it up a little bit Chanel and just Again, going back to what Danny said, he's getting out of the comfort zone, uh, pushing those boundaries because when it does come time to reopen, you're going to see the people that have worked and the people who have just really chilled, which is that's fine if that's what it is for you. But if you're in the game of business or you're in the game of self-development or you're in any sort of leadership role, if you ask me and you, and you come back the same person after four months of lockdown, then it's like, well, you know, what did you really do with your time? You know, um, and what sort of leader are you really in that facet? Um, but again, guys, most importantly, I like I, I like even like Troy said, I've got a whole page of notes here myself. I've taken more notes than what I thought I would have, um, and this has been really engaging for me. And I've you know learned a lot. Uh, as I mentioned, for me, that's what I want to keep doing. But again, I really appreciate everyone, the six of you guys coming on board, or five of you guys, including myself, coming on board for to making your time tonight, uh, and everyone else that really joined in and I know people have come and gone and some people couldn't make it but luckily we recorded it for them guys I hugely appreciate it um yeah if anyone of the guests has any last dying questions that's going to change their life tonight please put it in there because you got five minds that will really help you a lot um but again most importantly what I would suggest everyone here especially follow you know the four of the other guys that are on here Troy Caroline Danny and Chanel and obviously myself because incredible content i was very particular with who i put on this session tonight uh but again i really appreciate your time guys everyone involved thank you um and keep an eye out we might do another one of these in a few more weeks time with a bit more notice to to get some more people on board but hey like i said follow everyone share it let everyone know you've had a, an incredible time um and everyone else thank you so much for being here um, thanks a lot thanks jamie enjoy your night nice enjoy your long cool. weekend thanks for organizing jamie see you guys absolute pleasure guys absolute pleasure Thank you for joining us on that episode. What an incredible one it was. Make sure you like, comment, share, and subscribe to the podcast. Remember, make today count and be great.